The following has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. Amen. You may be seated today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. I want to say again, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers that are here today. I want to want to address moms for just a few minutes, and then I want to talk to all of us. Um, but again, happy Mother's Day. There's probably not a group of people that exemplify the love of Jesus more than moms. Amen? Now, my dad was a really good dad, and I'm really thankful for my dad. But man, my mom was the bomb. She was. My mom was just awesome. My mom loved me in the midst of my worst moments. And there's not a group of people, again, that exemplify the love of Jesus more than our mothers. So we're very thankful for them today. You know, mothers are the ones who give when no one is watching, serve when no one says thanks, and love us even when we're a little unlovable. Have you all ever been unlovable? Probably just your brothers and sisters, right? Yeah. All of us have been that way. And listen, while our mothers may not have always been perfect, and I pray today that we'll understand that when our mothers were imperfect, What's happened is we all pour out of our lives things that were poured into our life. And so when our mothers were less than perfect, you know what? We have to remember that they are the ones that brought us into this world. You wouldn't be here today without your mom. Amen? And while they're not always perfect, as my mom used to say, she's the one that brought me into this world and she can also take me out of it. So I'm very thankful for my mom today. There's probably not a more important role than the role of mother. I believe it's probably one of the most important roles, but that importance is really being challenged today. There are voices in our society today who believe that child training should be left to the professionals, should be left to those who are more qualified, if you will. And, and there's, there are voices that are speaking against motherhood or stay-at-home moms as if it's something kind of a, a less than. But despite the, the attacks that are going on on mothers, we all recognize today the importance of mothers in our lives. I, I love how one very articul- articulate lady defended the importance of being a mother, specifically being a stay-at-home mom, when she was asked in a very condescending way, so what do you do for a living? She replied this, I'm socializing two homo sapiens in the dominant values of the Judeo-Christian tradition in order that they might be instruments for the transformation of the social order into the teleological prescribed utopia inherent in the eschaton. What do you do for a living? For those of us that need a little simpler version, she was saying, I'm raising two children to be salt and light so they're prepared for the coming kingdom. That's what moms do, right? So today we honor mothers because their role is irreplaceable. Their role, come on y'all, Their role is valuable. How valuable is it? Let me give you a couple stats real fast. Nearly one half of everything that an individual learns, they learn in the first four years of their life. One half of everything we learn, we've learned in the first four years of our life. 85% of born-again believers accepted the Lord between the ages of 5 and 10. Moms, your role is valuable. I agree with what one author wrote, too, that I love this. The mom ministry is one of the toughest assignments God ever gave anybody. She's got to be insightful as a psychologist, tough as a Marine Corps drill instructor, gentle as a nurse. She's got to be a labor and management negotiator. Right, moms? Come on. She's got to be a teacher, 
an electrician, a plumber, and a carpenter. It requires an endless supply of energy and a massive amount of patience. She has to have an iron will and the recognition of the fact that if she gets sick, she has to be well by the end of the school day. And all the moms said, Amen. Amen. So how did Mother's Day come about? Why is this a special day? Well, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the history of Mother's Day, but it's been 108 years since the first Mother's Day was first celebrated. On May 10th, 1908. The idea started with a woman by the name of Anna Jarvis, who was so grief-stricken by the death of her mother that on the anniversary of her mother's death, she invited some friends over and announced her idea to have an annual nationwide celebration. The celebration was going to be called Mother's Day. She then wrote the First Methodist Church in Grafton, West Virginia, where her mother had attended for many years, and she said that we need to hold a service to honor moms. So on May 10th, 1908, the first Mother's Day service was held in Grafton, West Virginia. Miss Jarvis presented every mother in the congregation with a carnation, her mother's favorite flower. The idea began to take off. The U.S. House of Representatives quickly adopted a resolution, but it stalled in the Senate. How many of you know that our government works kind of slow sometimes, right? Miss Jarvis then began one of the most energetic letter-writing campaigns in history. She wrote to congressmen, mayors, business leaders, ministers throughout the country. Soon everyone was celebrating an unofficial Mother's Day. Finally, in 1914, the Senate approved the resolution and President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed that the second Sunday in May was going to be a day called Mother's Day. And so now, 108 years later, we're still celebrating mothers. Amen? I don't know about you, but I don't believe that one day is enough to celebrate mothers. That we need to be celebrating our mothers all year long. Right? Listen, being a mother is not easy. Right? Okay. You're going, Pastor Richie, how do you know? Well, I can't speak from personal experience, but I can speak from observation. The things that I put my mother through, being a mother cannot be easy. The things that I've seen my... No, I won't go there with my boys. Being a mother is not always easy. See, moms are the ones that we run to when we scrape our knee or when we we get a a a boo-boo. They are the ones who nurse us back to health when we're sick. And my mom is the one who brought healing to my soul that when I wandered from the truth, she was the one that spoke life into me even when I didn't believe in myself. I know for some of you this may come as a shock, but I have not always really lived for God like I should have. In fact, through my high school years, early on in my high school years, I began to kind of get away from God. Some, some of my friends in church, some of my church friends began to kind of dabble with, with drinking and with some other stuff, and we, I kind of began to go along. Moms, listen, it's important for you not to, first of all, be their friend. It's important for you to, first of all, be their mother. It's okay for you to say, no, you can't hang out with that person. It is okay for you to say that because what happened is the influence in my life began to lead me away from God and suddenly I began to doubt the things of God that I was raised in all my life. And you know, one of the things that when I blew it and when I messed up, what I wish more than anything is I wish my mom would have gotten on to me. I wish that she would have beaten me. Now, I grew up in an era where kids still got spankings. How many of you know what I'm talking about? 
It was, you know, the old spanking, we're going to get a whooping. I remember one time getting a spanking when I was probably in middle school, early middle school, and I had a buddy over at the house, my brother Phil, who was a pesterer, always trying to get me in trouble. He had gotten me in trouble once again, and so I'm getting a spanking in the other room, and my friend literally thinks I'm being killed by the way my mother is spanking me. I run out of the room acting like I'm crying because you got to act like you're crying, right? If you don't act like you're crying, then they're going to just keep wailing on you. So I ran out of the room acting like I was crying and went in there. And my friend, seriously, I remember him looking at me when I finally looked up at him. He's going, like, how did you survive that? First of all, we'd always put on a couple extra pair of underwear when you were going to get a spanking. Come on. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Bandage that up. Of course, if they ever found those in the dirty clothes hamper, several underwear together, then you got a spanking again for doing that, right? But he was looking at me, and I just kind of smiled. And I was just like, oh, I wish my mom would have done that when I blew it. But you know what my mom did? She loved me with an unconditional love. She'd look at me straight in the eye, times when I'd been drinking, times when I came home past my curfew, and she would look at me and she'd say, Richie, you're better than that. I'm telling you, it's the thing that restored my soul. It's the thing that brought me back to God because she was exemplifying the perfect love of Jesus Christ for me. Moms in really church community, We get the opportunity to do that all the time. So if you have your Bibles in Matthew chapter 8, you know, I want to look today at one of the ways that I think that we can honor our mothers more than any other way, and that's live life as a healer. That if you and I would recognize that that's what our moms did, they were, again, the ones that scraped our boo-boos, that that helped us when we were sick and all these different things. And what, what I think we can do to honor our mothers is to live life as a healer. Everywhere we go, being the healer that God's called us to be. So in Matthew chapter 8, if you have your Bibles there, Jesus is sending out his 12 disciples. And I'm sure it feels a lot like it does when we're a parent, when our kids reach that age of 18, 22, 29, 36, whatever age they finally leave the house. Um, (laughs) Then as we're sending them out, we're sending them out and we we recognize that we, we poured into them, we put things in them, and now We want them to go out and become healers. And Jesus is sending out his 12 disciples to minister to hurting people. It's a phenomenal passage. He's calling them out to heal the sick. Do you realize that there's healing power within you? As a child of God, there's healing power within you. He's calling them to raise the dead. Not quite so much on that one. He's calling them to drive out demons, and it's not just out of your children, by the way. And then he says this in Matthew 10, verse 8. Freely you have received, freely give. In in the midst of this thing of Jesus commissioning these people to send them out, he says, freely you have received, freely give. So I want to talk to you today about living life as a healer, because everywhere that you and I go, there are people who need a healing touch. And just like moms, we can't choose to be a healer just when we feel like it. Right? Moms have to do it all the time, whether they feel like it or not. Freely we have received, therefore we should freely give. Listen, there are people around you all the time that they may have a smile on their face, but on the inside of them they're hurting. And God is counting on you and I to reach others, to bring healing wherever we go. There's not like moms never have a day off. As followers of Jesus Christ, we never have a day off. 
We should constantly be looking for the healing power that's within us to flow and impact people's lives. When you see someone that's down, you need to go over and encourage them. When you have a friend that you know is discouraged, you need to give them a call and say, hey, I've been thinking about you, and I want you to know that your future is going to be bright. There's bright days and good days ahead of you. When you do that, you just became a healer. You just imparted the goodness of God into their life. All around us, people are dealing with family issues. People are struggling around you with family issues. They're dealing with health problems. They're dealing with rejections. Sometimes it's not just a rejection that happened in the past. Sometimes people have ongoing rejections that are happening in their life. They're dealing with broken dreams. Things that they thought, man, by this time in my life, I'm going to be at a certain place. They're dealing with low self-esteem. The enemy is coming to attack their self-esteem. You just never really know what people are going through. And God wants to heal. Let me say that again in case you're here today and you're hurting a little bit and you're broken a little bit. God wants to heal. Let me say it again in case you're working with some people or you're around some people and they're they're just kind of funky all the time. They're, they're, They're cold to you. They're mean sometimes. God wants to heal. God wants to heal all of us, and God wants to heal everyone. But can I tell you, sometimes he works through people to bring healing to people's lives. And I want you to know that as a child of God, you can become a healer. Not just the mornings that you got up and had a quiet time and did all the right things, and okay, now today I'm prepared to be a healer. No, every day, every moment, if we'll get our healing eyes open and looking all the time at people that are broken, they're hurting, they're distant, they're cold, they're mean, whatever it is, we have the opportunity to pour healing into people's lives all the time. You can become a healer. This isn't reserved for the pastoral staff or leaders of this church. For people that lead connect groups, you can become a healer. You know, I meet people all the time who look like they're on top of the world, like they've got everything together, but behind the mask that they think they have to wear, a lot of times there's pain. And when I talk to them, I recognize I don't have all the answers. I, I, don't, I don't understand everything. I can't even understand a lot of times even the thing that they're walking through. But I do know I can do this. I can give godly advice. I can speak words of encouragement to anybody. See, you're never more like God than when you're reaching hurting people. You're never more like God than when you're helping hurting people. See, that's one of the assignments that God has given you and I. He said that we are to go and make disciples. It's not a, well, we're going to plan it on Tuesday night. If we can all just gather here, we're going to go out of the area of the community and we're going to go make disciples. No, it literally means as we're going, we're making disciples. Well, Pastor Richie, I can't teach anybody. No, but you might be able to get them up out of the pit. You might be able to speak some words of life into a situation where things feel very lifeless right now. So let me ask you a question today. Are you sensitive to the needs of people around you? Guys, in case you're wondering, I'm not just talking to the ladies today. Guys, it's okay for you to be sensitive. Let me say that again. Guys, it's okay for you to be sensitive. It is. It's okay for you to be sensitive. Are you sensitive to people around you? Are Are you sensitive to your family, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers? Reach out to them. Be a healer. Be a restorer. Take time out of your way to bandage broken people. See, our job is not to judge. Let me say it again. Our job is not to judge. 
Again, how many times do you find yourself doing that? Somebody's quiet at work. Somebody's not nice at work. And we instantly become very judgmental. That person's a jerk. That person's not very kind. And a lot of times we don't recognize things that are, they're just walking through. Our job is not to judge. Our job is not to decide whether or not we think they deserve for us to be kind to them. Our job is not to decide who's right, who's wrong. Our job is to restore the wounded. Our job is to be a healer. See, too often we are so focused on our own goals and dreams. We're so focused on the miracle that we think that we need. But something that I learned from my mother is this, that there's something more important, and it's this. I can become someone's miracle. You never know the opportunity that you might be faced with before you leave the building today to be someone's miracle. Right now, you're full of encouragement. If you're a child of God here today, you're full of encouragement. Why? Because God dwells on the inside of you. You're full of mercy. Your mercy is in you, even if you're not a very merciful person. Right? You're full of mercy. You're full of restoration. You're full of healing. You get the opportunity as a child of God to give God's goodness away. How do you do that? You lift the fallen. When people around you and they're down in the dumps, you lift the fallen. You encourage the discouraged. You bandage broken hearts and wounded souls. If you think just for a moment about the story that Jesus told about the parable of the Good Samaritan, we see the story beginning that, that the, the religious people walked past the man who needed help. Why? Because they were on their way to church. They didn't have time to stop and pick somebody up. They didn't have time to say something nice or kind. But this Good Samaritan comes along, he's riding his donkey, and he sees a man that has been beaten and left for dead. What does he do? He gets off of his donkey... He puts the man on his donkey, switches places with him, and takes him to a place where he can be healed and where he can be restored. See, I love the fact that he switched places with him. He was willing to be inconvenienced. Listen, sometimes you're going to have to get where hurting people are. Sometimes you're going to have to walk into the office of a co-worker that's having a rough day, taking time away from your break, taking taking time away from your lunch time and go into their office and say, man, how are you doing? Is everything okay? You're going to have to get where people are. Sometimes you're going to have to be willing to be a bit inconvenienced. Do you realize that the Bible prophesies that in the last days people will be lovers of themselves? And today, we do not want to be inconvenienced. Maybe it's just the first service, but we do not want to be inconvenienced. And sometimes if we're going to help hurting people, we have to be willing to be inconvenienced. You know what? If you're going to serve in this church, I'm telling you right now, you're going to have to be willing to be inconvenienced just a bit. You're going to have to be willing to show up a little bit early to be here at 9 o'clock. Oh my God, does 9 o'clock come that early on Sunday morning? Yes. It does. You're going to have to be a little bit inconvenienced because you know why? You're coming here to put a big smile on your face so that when people walk through that door, they all of a sudden begin to understand and, and, and receive the love of Jesus long before the worship happens. So that you guys are preparing an atmosphere so that when people walk through these doors, suddenly their hearts are being changed long before they hear the worship. So when they begin to hear songs that the mountains move because of praise, they begin to understand it's when we're connecting with the heart of God that struggles in our life, challenges in our life, begin to fall down when we begin to praise God.
when we begin to sing about his goodness and we begin to declare, God, you're able, you're more than able to do and whatever it is that I'm walking through, you're able to do in my life what needs to be done. So sometimes we're going to have to be a little bit inconvenienced. Sometimes you're going to have to be willing to walk out of a movie in order to go and help a friend. So I'll never forget the night that Pam and I had gone to the movies with several people, which by the way, this church is, says it's okay to go to a movie. Be careful what you watch, but it's okay to go to a movie. If you go to a movie and the rapture takes place, you'll still be going in the rapture. Some of you can really identify with that. All right. We'd gone to the movie to watch a movie with a, a bunch of friends, and I got a phone call in the middle of the movie. They, I, in fact, it rang once, and I just hit ignore because I thought, you know what, probably a mistake. They called again, quickly slipped out, took the phone call, and they'd been in a wreck, and they were saying, Pastor Richie, can you come to the hospital? We've been in a wreck. My wife and I didn't hesitate at all. We walked right out of that movie. We have to be willing to be inconvenienced. Because if you're going to live life as a healer, you've got to be willing to get where people are. Again, you want to grow and develop your relationship with God and with other people? Get in a connect group. Get plugged in. You can sign up at guest services in just a little bit. Get plugged in because as God begins to fill you with his Holy Spirit, you begin to minister and get to know some people around you, and they begin to be able to pour into your life. So you got to have to be able to get where people are, and you have to be willing to be inconvenienced. This past year, I made a decision that I'm going to say something positive to every waiter and waitress that waits on me in a restaurant. And I have to tell you, sometimes their service isn't up to par. Has it ever happened to you? You just get a bad waiter, bad service. They seem very unfriendly, perhaps a bit grouchy. And you're going, hey, wait a second here. I'm paying for this meal, right? You want to kind of step in and, and begin to get angry? I made a decision, you know what, I'm going to recognize they might be going through a rough time in their life. They might be just having a bad day. But you know what I'm going to do? I've made a decision ahead of time, because if you wait to make it till you feel like it, you're never going to make that decision. But if you'll make a decision ahead of time, I'm going to speak words of lie. I'm going to be an uplifter. I'm going to be an encourager. And you make a decision ahead of time. When that happens, no matter what the service is, you know what you'll be able to say? Hey, thank you for waiting on me today. I appreciate what you've done. And then give them a big tip. That's the opportunity that you and I get to be a healer. Let me just say something real fast about tipping since I'm really meddling with everything else today. Christians, don't go out and eat after church and leave people a God really loves you note on your napkin as your tip. I'm just saying, as somebody who waited tables through school... I'll tell you, one of the things that the other wait staff hated to do was wait on Sunday because there were a bunch of Christians that would come in, and they were some of the meanest people in the world. They were, and they would leave tips like tracks. And typically the track was, this is your life. You remember that one where at the end, all the problems of your life and the sins of your life were going to be shown before God? Talk about not expressing the love of Jesus Christ with no tip and a horrible track. Let's go give them a big tip. Right, God bless you on the, on the ticket. Say, man, I appreciate you serving me today. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Done meddling. Give them a big tip. Be a healer. See, I believe God puts people in our path on purpose. If, if you start recognizing that, you're going to understand every day God is putting people in your path on purpose so that we can love them back into wholeness. You never know what one kind word might change that whole person's day. 
We can love them back into wholeness. See, that person that's in your life that makes mistakes, that's always driving you crazy, they're not there so you can develop your critical spirit. They're not there so you can criticize them. They're there in your life so you can help them overcome. See, God is counting you and I to be voices of encouragement, not voices of judgment and condemnation. Proverbs 15, verse 4 says this, Kind words heal and help. Y'all see that? It doesn't say mean, corrective, ugly words, heal and help. Kind words heal and help. Listen, when that's happening in your life, you don't have to preach a sermon or counsel someone for eight hours. Many times, just a few kind words begins the healing process. This past week in our Connect group, we took a little time just to ask people, you know, kind of what they thought about our church and, you know, different ideas they had. One of the things that people kept saying over and over again is how wonderful the pastor is. No, I wish it were, but that's not what they said. What they kept saying over and over again is how kind and how loving everyone in this church was. They they would say it all the time. You see, this church is a place of healing. We believe that we want to speak words of life that bring healing all the time. People are already hearing enough condemning voices in their life. They are already around enough critical, fault-finding people in their life. Let's not be that. Let's make a choice not to be that. Our attitude should be, look, I'm not looking for someone who is down so that I can push them down further. I'm looking for somebody who has fallen so I can lift them up, so I can build them up. You see, a true friend walks in when everyone else walks out. That's what a true friend is. See, that doesn't mean that we overlook wrongs. It doesn't mean we ignore the things that have happened. But we understand, but for the grace of God, that could be us. See, I understand very clearly, but for the grace of God of having a mom that loved me unconditionally, I could be far from God today. So, but for the grace of God, that could be us. Listen, when you show mercy to the guilty, when you encourage the discouraged, when you lift people up when everyone else is putting them down, that touches the heart of God in an incredibly special way. It's a reflection of who Jesus was. Here's what Matthew chapter 11 says about Jesus, that he was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Today's version, he's a friend of IRS agents. Our God is a friend of IRS agents. Now that will rock some of y'all's world after just paying some taxes. He's a friend of drug addicts. He's a friend of alcoholics. He's a friend of people who missed the mark. See, I know as a parent, it's one thing for you to do a favor for me, man. If you did that, I would appreciate it, and I would definitely say thank you. But if one of my children were in need and you helped them, as a parent, there isn't anything that I wouldn't do to help you. you again, you help me, man, I'm thankful. You help my kids, I'm over the top thankful. It's the same way with God. When we make it our business, when you and I make it our mission, when we make it the purpose of our life to help his children, his sons, his daughters, when you live like, life like that, you'd better get ready because you are not going to be able to outrun the goodness of God. 
Do you realize at the end of the age when Jesus is calling everyone before him, he's going to say, when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me. And people are going to say, when did we do that to you, Lord? He's going to say, when you did it to the least of these. You want to minister to God? Minister to his children. Love on his children. Take care of his children. Go out of your way. Be willing to be inconvenienced and love on people around you. Listen, it's great that you and I come to church. Man, it's great that we get to celebrate God. Don't you, don't you just love this celebration, what the ladies did with the sanctuary from their tea and the Mother's Day celebration? Man, it's awesome that we get to come to church. It's awesome that we get to come to church. It's amazing that we get to come to church, right? Amen. We may have to cut out those first non-responses and just edit that. It's awesome that we get to come to church, but we come to be trained, to be challenged, to be encouraged. But listen, our r- r- real work really begins when we leave this building. That's when it really begins. Because you'll, when you begin to see hurting people and you help them, you just became the healing love of God to them. It's awesome that we come in here and this is where we get to practice. Because our, our purpose statement as a church is we are a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. Meaning that we're all in community together. We're in relationship together. And our purpose is to spread the love of God, spread the hope of God. We get to do that all the time. We, we do it here, but then we go outside of these four walls. And everywhere we go, today, when you go out to eat with your mom, big tip to the waitress. Big tip to the waiter. Big tip to the waitress. Okay, I'm going to get off that. All right? But love on them. Be a healer everywhere you go. You may notice that someone is down when suddenly you feel a flow of compassion towards them. Listen, you, you may think, you know what, I really need to go pray for that person. I, need, I really need to give them a word of encouragement. You don't have to sit there and wrestle and say, God, is that you? All right? I promise you it's not the devil that wants you to go over and say a kind word to somebody. It's not the devil that wants you to go over and pray for somebody. God wants you to speak life into lifeless situations. The tongue has what? The power of life and death. What an opportunity we get all the time when we see people hurting, when we see people down, when we see people not making right choices to speak life to them. You see, God will bring people across our path so that you and I can be the love of Jesus Christ extended to them for whatever it is that they need. We just need to learn how to be sensitive and follow the flow of compassion that God is putting in our hearts and lives. When you live life as a healer, it breaks down walls that people have erected. Again, sometimes people look so hard and so tough. A lot of times it's just they're hiding behind a wall. And the love of Jesus breaks down those walls, even walls that people build against religion or Christianity. In fact, James chapter 5 says this, says, my dear children, or my dear friends, if you know people who have wandered off from God's truth, don't write them off. We sometimes kind of want to do that, don't we? Man, they're, they're drifting away from God and we want to write them off. Don't write them off. Go after them. Get them back. Listen, when your friends are messing up and they get out of church, it's okay for you to go after them. Say, man, I've been missing you. Or is everything okay? Are you going through something that I can help you with? Go after them. Get them back. And you will have rescued precious lives from destruction and prevented an epidemic of wandering away from God. See, James is encouraging you and I to go after people that have lost their way. Can I tell you, we all lose our way occasionally. Doesn't mean that we become lost and far from God. But we all lose our way sometimes. Sometimes life comes at us so hard and we get our eyes off of Christ and we get our eyes on our problem. We get our eyes on our circumstance and our situation and we lose our way. 
And we need people to come after us. I give you permission to come after me anytime. And whether you're giving it to me or not, I'm coming after you when you get lost. I'm going to send the staff after you because we love you. We don't want to give up on you. We want to see you get back to where you are connected with the heart of God on a consistent basis. Listen, don't take this wrong, but religion likes to beat people down. It does. Religion will criticize you because you're not hard enough on others. But I think that is such a contrast to who Jesus was and to what Jesus did and to what Jesus says. In fact, he says this in Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will tell you what to do. No, he says, and I will give you rest. He's gonna learn, we're going to learn how to rest in him. This is the goodness of God. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Listen, I've learned this. People are already beaten down enough by life. People have already been beat up enough by life. Let's be what we learn from our mothers. Let's be healers. Let's be restorers. Everywhere we go, our eyes are open to be healing and restoration for people. Let's get up every day and say, God, where are the needs, Lord, today that you want me to meet? Who can I come alongside today? God, help me to understand so that I can help lighten their load. See, as a child of God, you are a container filled with the goodness of God. You may not always feel it because of the challenges of your life, but you are a container that is filled with the goodness of God. Release his healing everywhere you go. I'm, I'm kind of challenged. I don't feel as a, like a Christian. I don't feel like being nice, but God, I want to speak kind words right here. I want to speak your destiny over people instead of the problem that I'm currently seeing. Listen, if you'll live your life as a healer, and if you'll live your life as a restorer, I can promise you this. God is always going to cause his face to shine upon you. And I believe that you're going to overcome every obstacle. I believe that you're going to help other people overcome every obstacle. And you're going to defeat every enemy. And you're going to help others defeat every enemy. And you'll see every one of your dreams and every one of their dreams that God has put in your heart and their heart. You're going to see them come to pass. When you and I live life as a healer. When we live life as a restorer, but I'm telling you, we have to be intentional. We can't wait till we feel it, but we've got to be intentional. Because of what God has done in us, freely we have received, therefore freely we give. Amen. Will you receive that today? All right, I want to pray over you today. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com.